Tonight's episode is brought to you by Click Gaming, a freelance esports tournament company based out of Oklahoma. If you're located in the U.S. and need esports services, this is the ultimate gaming company for you. Contact Johnny Weaver at ICChiller at att.net. That's I-C-Y-C-H-I-L-L-E-R. On this episode of the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. Shadows and lands. It's all about that retro life, baby. And now, the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon, Buenos Diaz. It's the Delirious Dads Gaming Podcast, episode 103. That's a lot of episodes. That is. A lot of Mountain Dew consumed right before that. It's a little comment as well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. I'm Clinton Stanley, and I'm here with... Ryan Maddox. Yes, with Matt Dog. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing real good. Good, good. Uh, tonight we're not going to have Hunter. He's got some, uh, some stuff going on at home that he's got to deal with. So we wish him the best and, uh, he should be back on next week, uh, mm-hmm. to cover some more news, especially a, a game we've been playing. Um, we're just going to throw it out there. We're playing Valheim or Valheim. Not sure how to, which is it? I don't, I don't know. I think it's Valheim. It's, I'm going to go Valheim, Valheim just cause you're going Valheim. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but wonderful game. It is. Indeed. Yeah, I've enjoyed good. it so far. But we're not going to get into the details because we want Hunter to be on with us to just go into that wonderful low graphics goodness that is mm-hmm. Valheim. I don't know if you can call it low graphics. It has a specific older graphics style. It's got a classic with new style. with new graphic depth. Yes, yes, there you go. It has it has some lighting that really helps freshen up some of those rough spots. Yeah, and backgrounds and the way the lighting is, but we're done. We're yep. not going to talk about it that's, anymore. That's, that's it. I'm tempted. I want to, but I'm not, okay? Just make sure next week you bring your axes, your pickaxes, uh, your hoes. And I'm talking about if the If you want to join guys. us on our server when we play, let us know. Yep. Delirion, check it out. Let us know. Okay, I threw it out there. Uh, all right, guys. Well, tonight we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, if you're not a Blizzard fan, then this is not going to be the uh, podcast episode for you. So uh, consider this uh, another week off for you. Uh, but you may be such a DDG fan that you just want to hear us talk about anything. Yeah. And if that's the case, this is the episode for you. Yeah, and we're going to make it fun. Uh, Ryan's going to throw in some oblivious, like, I don't know this stuff necessarily yeah. like i know bits and pieces but yeah here's what i'm I even got. gonna act like i do know and just <laughs> you know yeah that works for me i'm you know i i've watched some of this stuff already so uh not gonna be any big shockers for me but we are gonna kind of get into the meat and potatoes of what they presented and um kind of discuss what we think uh as a whole 
of of the uh, the BlizzCon. Now we can't cover the whole thing because it's a two day event. There's a lot of stuff that went down, so we won't be watching like the costume contests. Sorry, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. you're looking forward to that. I uh, was. So tonight we're primarily going to be focusing on the opening ceremony and just reviewing some of their announcements, uh, and then we're going to look at a behind the scenes of Overwatch Two which they've been kind of tight-lipped about and finally opened up a little bit at mm-hmm. the BlizzCon line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's switch on over to that uh, right now. Ryan, are you ready for BlizzCon line? I am. All right. Unite us. This is where he gives a speech of like, you know, These next we're, do- days we're doing the best we can with what we got. Life will someday mm-hmm. be back to normal. You know, that stuff. For World of Warcraft. Yeah, I hear you. We'll be showing you what's next for both Shadowlands and Classic. Here we go. I'm sure you're all burning in anticipation for that one. That's a hint, Ryan. Hearthstone is getting back to its roots in a major way. We can't wait to show you how. We also have news for our Diablo community. Some of you were able to dip your toes into the depths of hell in the Diablo Immortal Technical Alpha. I personally, I really enjoyed seeing players embrace the multiplayer aspect of meeting in town. We can't wait for more of you to get your hands on it. So, it's only the beginning of the year, and already there is so much to look forward to, even though we can't yet be together in person. He's getting a little louder. Overwatch League will be kicking things off in spring, and we'll be watching closely to see if the San Francisco Shock can continue their championship run. Was it the World LA team you said is going Chinese or China? With the Arena yeah. Championship yeah. and Mythic Dungeon International already in full swing in Shadowlands. Well, there was more than one going China, if I remember right. It's just the LA team was the one that dropped the whole team. Yeah. ESL Pro Tour. And yeah, they exported. Already underway for the first online stop of the 2021 Hearthstone Masters Tour with the first event taking place next month. So guys, we will be skipping. So like if you hear the sound kind of sounding choppy, it's because we get too far ahead. I'm skipping through. Scrubbing through a little bit. Yeah. One last time. Twin times were a little simpler. In the early 1990s, the internet was a baby. It was. CD sales had finally eclipsed cassette tapes. A cassette tape, it's a rectangle piece of plastic, and there's a tape inside, and music would get recorded on, and sometimes you needed a pencil to wind it. We had a whole cassette deck, dude. Know, it sounds crazy. In our truck. Mm-hmm. We were all playing video games. It was all country music. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, DOS, or Mac PCs. Oh, yeah, you had some uh, AOL 300 hours. <laughs> dude, I yeah. forgot about those CDs. Mm-hmm. So many simple things. Oh, simple man. Times. If only... We could relive them. Remember, load the picture was rough. You know, said to sit there and wait. Okay, so here's the first announcement, boys. The stage is set. The green flag drops. Let the carnage begin. Holy Toledo! What a collection! So they're showing us the Lost Vikings here, guys. Yeah, I, didn't rock and roll know, racing. I didn't even know Blizzard existed that long ago. Right? I remember Rock and Roll Racing. The other two, I don't know that I played Blackthorn. 
Did you know they were Blizzard back then, though? No. No. I think that's when they were, like, developing for other country, uh, companies, though. Mm. Uh, they were Blizzard, but it was kind of like, you know how these the little studios will make stuff for bigger studios? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable! Nice. So they're kind of showing off what they're going to have for this arcade set. Mm-hmm. You're going to get uh, four-player split screen for certain games. Um, the ability to rewind, it looked like. I think when I looked up further detail, it was like a 10-second rewind. Mm. Anyway, so you're going to get uh, the La- Lost Vikings, the Blackthorn, arcade collection. and uh, Rock and Roll Racing Rock and roll on all platforms, basically. Blackthorn. These are ports of the games just as you remember them, allowing you to relive the original experience of all three titles in 13 different languages with a couple of quality of life upgrades. As an example, we include very modern, cutting-edge functionality that wasn't available in the early 90s, both saving and loading of games. And for those of you who purchased any Blizzard digital anniversary bundle via Battle.net, you'll automatically receive the Blizzard Arcade Collection on PC today. Mm, okay. Nice. Yeah. Now, Just right into your library. You hear about some other video games? Let's hear what's next for World of Warcraft. All right, here we go. Some of their big daddies. I didn't know you looked that bad in the morning, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> every time I see their live previews like that, I think, why don't they make a movie? Right. Like, they look so time. good. Yeah. Shadowlands, classic Azeroth, or another part of the Blizzard universe, I'm glad you could make it. Because we've got a lot of good stuff to show you. So this is good old John Height. Let's start with some Covenant Pride. Okay, we're gonna skip past this part. So John High, he's he's the one presenting this little section. Continues to grow in power. And this he's is preparing to break free from the maw and complete his plan. This is gonna be the announcement for the next the patch Warcraft in the expansion. Sylvanas, you may be wondering what she's been up to all this time. Today, we're excited to unveil our first major content update for Shadowlands: Chains of Domination. That's right, boys. So you saw this video already, or no? Hmm. Around you. What makes you believe you're not just a weapon to achieve his ends? Enough. Join our cause. Or be made to serve. So you're hearing uh, right now. You hold all the power. You're hearing Sylvanas, the uh, Banshee Queen. Sylvanas Windrunner. Giving King Anduin Ren an ultimatum. Basically, the jailer, the big bad from the expansion, is wanting to uh, get his soul, take it over, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The Maw continues to grow. What if Denathrius's treachery is irreparable? The Primus is lost, and Bastion cannot save the Shadowlands alone. None of this should have happened. Perhaps the Winter Queen could. Uh oh. My Archon, a living soul, seeks an audience. A mortal? A king. 
Oh yeah, I see where this is going. Mm-hmm. By all our measures, one who has spent his life striving for That's justice. That's Uther. He's he's the one that uh, got stabbed by Frostmourne back in the day. Anything. Yeah, and he was in that original like um, Shadowlands release and all that, right? Yeah. His main story. See him grab his chest right there? Mm-hmm. Very well. So a lot of theories going around that he sensed the power, but you'll see here in a sec. The darkness, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She don't know Step it yet, forward. but she about to. Yeah, because that's what was in him trying to take over. Mm-hmm. The king held captive in the mold. That prison could not hold me forever. Why have you come to Bastion? You have a key that I need. You will release this soul from your grasp. No. He is bound to me, just as you once sought to buy your own brother. Oh no, how did he get the sword in there? Mm. Right? There it is. Uh, so doesn't that sword collect the souls? Yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's kind of like Frostmourne, but this right. is a new version of that. Yeah, and as you see, King Anduin's been taken over. Obviously, he has no control. Well, he had part. It looked like a little bit of control, like he was snapping in and out of it right there for a second. Right, like he's trying to fight it off. Mm-hmm. The vessel performed its part flawlessly. Keys then they will see death was never meant to be changed. There you go, patch mm. 9.1 Chains of Domination. Now, here they just kind of they don't go into like great detail of it. Well, from what I what I hear, this life. is pretty much the whole thing's going to take place in his realm, right? Uh, to where you were able to go down there a little bit in the first Shadowlands release, and yeah, like uh, you, you could go you know, down rescue there. a couple people. But in this one, it's pretty much you, you're really going to be exploring the whole. Um, I don't even know the name of the place. I forget the mall. The mall. The mall. Yeah, yeah. basically the the holding place down there. Yeah. So, so and, they, they they had it set up to where you could do like. Uh, I think they had like these eyes set up on your meter when you went into that zone. And so as mm-hmm. you completed like quests or did things that would fill up and eventually it would just get too hard. He'd just basically kill you every time mm-hmm. so or, you, or like kick you out or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, they said now you're going to be in there, but that's because you're joining forces with everybody else, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's going to be mounts and pets and everything that are relevant to that realm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds pretty cool. For sure, and the uh, and so yeah, this and and the thing about that is, it's not just going to be the mall. He's actually in the end of that video, you'll see an island floating. And if you guys go back and watch mm-hmm. it um, live, he's actually pulling in a whole new continent that used to exist within the mall. Okay, was attached to the mall. I'm not really sure. I, it may even be just a floating area in the cosmos. I'm not really sure. 
But uh, the name of that zone will be called Corthia. And it's going to be, uh, it's the City of Secrets. And it's uh, new, it's going to have new quests, world activities, new creatures uh, to explore. Um, in the Shadowlands update, Deep Dive, they also announced that um, they're going to be covering um, a new raid called Sanctum of Domination. And I think I can get a mm-hmm. clip of this on here. Yeah, they said what? That's eight bosses, right? Well, that, no, this is the this is going to be the raid, this actual raid. Right. So um, that's different from the dungeons. So this is going to be a raid, and then they're going to have a mega dungeon, which is the eight eight boss dungeon you're talking about. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I could have swore they called that a raid. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, they'll do the Sanctum of Domination, and then now the, with our new out. And here's Corthia. So inhabited the landmass to Oribos. It is filled. I'll turn with him down a little bit. The likes of which the Shadowlands has yet to uncover. It is the. So here's your new reward you're gonna get. Severed hand of domination. You're gonna get. These, uh, I thought that was kind of weird that the severed hand is your mount. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> it's very different. So uh, you'll get a little minion pet that you can unlock. Um, let's see. He acted like there was actually more than one pet. Yeah, here's Sanctum of Domination right here. Let's see what he says about yeah, that. Yeah, he's calling it a raid. The Sanctum of Domination will be a 10-boss raid. 10 boss raid, yep. And you'll oh, find boss raid, okay. to face mm-hmm. off against the terrible but you're, you're not wrong the dungeon i think is a boss more times than you want oh, okay to so maybe i combine the two in my head you'll be able to yeah. take all of your allies those souls. well the eight boss i don't think they highlighted quite as much is an eight boss dungeon so here's yeah so oh, okay yeah it's the broker mega dungeon uh is what you're talking about and mm-hmm. that's going to be the broker trading city it's going to have eight bosses and it's a mythic only uh dungeon now, for, okay, for those for those of us like me who haven't played enough WoW, I've only barely gotten started. I've never done a raid or a dungeon. Mm-hmm. What is the difference? I mean, I don't want to take too much time on that, but for listeners who don't no, really know. You're good. So a dungeon is a five-group um, dungeon that you go into. It's instance or, or like a server, right? You go into it, and mm-hmm. it's that, that area that has um, – just mobs, basic NPC enemies that you fight. And then mm-hmm. it usually has like three to four bosses, like usually more like four. Some, some of them have five um, okay. bosses that you fight and you get gear to level up with. And then when you hit max level, those dungeons max out and then you get even better gear from them. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, raids are usually 10 man or 25 man. Um, oh, okay. Or actually, I think nowadays it's 20, 20 man raid, but it, yeah, it takes 20, 20 or, or uh, 10 to do a raid. Um, okay. And there's different versions of that. So you could do um, like that, uh, that Sanctum of Domination. You could do a 10 man version of that or a 20 man version. And just so when you're doing that, up. what makes it different from a broker other than more people? Well, broker. Or from a, different from a. Uh, uh, more people, harder mechanics. Um, it's less. Um, it's not as easy on you, so it's a little bit more punishing. Takes more coordination. Okay. Um, the boss fights. So the are raids are a little more upper level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It takes more team coordination. Um, you have to, you know, manage your resources well, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Now, for the broker mega dungeon, for those of you who either are just getting into WoW, um, 
or any of that. The brokers are these traders. They're kind of these mystical wizard. I don't even want to say wizard. They're like this magic energy looking beings that um, aren't human. They're not. They're just okay. their own thing. And uh, they're just basically like these traveling traders amongst the cosmos. They mm. can go in and out of different um, dimensions and stuff. And so these brokers happen to hang out in um, the Shadowlands. And um, one of the brokers is down in the mall doing some things she's not supposed to. And so they're, they're kind of uh, like a pirate type group, if that makes sense. Like space pirates is what I think of. Yeah, I get uh, what you're saying. Yeah. They're facilitating things between the realms. That's mm-hmm. what a broker does. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of, and kind of black market, mm-hmm. uh, some of the black market stuff. Um, they did announce, too, that with the broker Mega Dungeon, you can get a little disc mount that you'll see here on the screen if you're mm-hmm. looking. Um, they also have That's these little creatures that you can collect um, that are like little companion pets that just follow you around. Uh, so they did that. They also, in the uh, update, showed you an example of some of the mounts that are going to be in the game. So uh, here's an example of the, uh, the Bastion mounts, which is your Kyrians, the one that looks like angels. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what th- those will look like. Um, they show off the Night Fae um, areas. So as Yeah, those look there, sweet. Like little fox type characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the plague, the Necro Lord areas, those are like literal fly bugs that you can ride on. So okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, not to spend too much time. Uh, you're also going to get some new cosmetics for your for your for your character. So depending on what covenant you joined in the Shadowlands, uh, you'll be able to unlock their looks. So uh, this Sweet. video here that's playing is just giving you an example of some of those looks. Uh, so far, I like Bastions because it kind of looks very uh, Roman, Roman-esque, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I did like, I like the uh, the vent there too. There's just kind of like a vampire goth look, okay. as you can see there. So anyway, you got that. And then they announced some PvP stuff, um, rewards. They're going to do some changes to the Tower of Torghast. So if you're a WoW player, all these things are really good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so that's it on that. Uh, we'll go back to the opening ceremonies and check out the next uh, reveal that they that they did here. That said, I'm super excited to be able to share with you where our adventures are taking us next. So before that, just to, I, I didn't really clarify, on this part of the video, uh, she had done a summary basically of how Classic did. A classic mm-hmm. WoW and and basically some of the things they learned from it and 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 how it basically had its has its own community really it's right we've talked about it on the podcast how it's brought life back into their their product I think that's why mm-hmm. their numbers have been so good for Warcraft in general is them bringing back the classic uh, uh, mm-hmm. servers and stuff but anyway so this is the next uh, announcement that they make for regarding classic.
You can tell they upped their FPS for this. Your foolishness has brought you to this end. Take my blood and choke on it. Death to the outsiders. I'll turn your world upside down. Alright, there you go. So the Dark Portal, aka the Burning Crusade, is going to be coming to World of Warcraft Classic uh, on mm-hmm. this year. So I'm guessing probably, um, if I had to guess, probably late, um, maybe August. Trying to think, when did Classic launch last year? Was it about that time, maybe? Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. And and since then, you know, some people play both, but it does seem like a lot of people who play Classic play Classic. Yeah. And that's just what they play. And then the people that play the new version, they play the new version. So it's it's really become two different games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already was, but I wasn't sure how that was going to develop. Was it going to be kind of a throwback where people kind of dabbled in classic sometimes for nostalgia? And no, it's kind of established its own thing. Yeah, it's like the the players are like, okay, we're classic players and you can enjoy Mm -hmm. the modern modern version. I mean, I'm sure there's crossover Mm -hmm. players for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like you have that niche that's like, nope, we're staying classic. Mm -hmm. Um. Which is interesting because I'm like, man, you think you could only play something for so long. Um, right. Now, they did do some good announcements, some some things, and these are things that I have wondered what they would do um, when we first, I think we had even talked on the podcast about them possibly doing it, which was, okay, if you're going to do Burning Crusade, which is the first expansion of Classic WoW back in the day, or originally was the first WoW expansion, um, how would they do it, right? Or are you going to be forced to go and, and play Burning Crusade? Because some classic players say classic was the best that was ever made. That's all they want, like we were just saying. Um, so they clarified some things with BlizzCon, and I think, you know, some of it's like, ah, yeah, they're going for money. But I think overall it's probably the best they, they could do um, and make it work. So um, from, mm-hmm. what I, from what I gathered from BlizzCon, this is how it's going to look. Um, basically, uh, as far as your character goes, if you have your own classic account, uh, Burning Crusade will not be account bound. It's going to be character bound, if that makes sense. So say Ryan creates Rhino and he played all the way to max level on, on, uh, on regular classic, Mm -hmm. Mm um, you want to. You want to keep that character, for instance, uh, on classic. Well, you don't have to push that character forward. That character can stay and you can move another character there. Or say you want to move that character and keep a copy of that character on the classic server. Um, you can pay Blizzard money and they haven't set a price, but you can pay for a copy of the said character. Mm. So you would have a copy of Ryan on the WoW classic and you would have a copy of the character on Burning Crusade. The modern one. Well, well I, in my Crusade. understanding, I guess I don't understand WoW enough. I thought Burning Crusade was just an expansion of Classic. It is, but it's going to be its own thing. 
Really? Yeah. So, so rather than forcing those classes, I know you just said that, but I did not understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you sent me a text and don't understand. I was like, "What's he mean?" Uh, so, yeah. So, so Burning Crusade is. I guess I need to clarify that for the listeners. It's going to be its own servers. So you're okay. so you're going to have classic WoW servers, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have Burning Crusade servers, and then you're going to have modern WoW servers. Does that make sense? Yes. And so the only way oh, because because classic is all the way back classic. Yeah, it's the original Burning WoW. Crusade is somewhere in between. Well, it's the next. It's the next expansion of that. Back, classic. back when you played classic, it mean you bought classic, right? Right. And we play all the way to max level 16. We've done all the content. At some point, they came out and said, hey, Burning Crusade is the next WoW expansion. Yeah, so, but it was still part of the classic. Right. But the, the thing was, they changed things of classic. Like they do, they change the classes. They change the, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It has all those yeah, that's things. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it changed enough that it makes it not classic. Right. 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 Yep. So they're making it its own thing between the two. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, that's different. And so like I said, they're doing it character. I wonder based. if they'll release kind of each thing leading up to the more modern way. I think that's and then what, people can just pick their favorite style. Yeah, I think that's the route they're going. That's it weird. Definitely, definitely seems that way, right? Huh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how far you push that to where then eventually it just kinda dies right. out. I don't I don't know. But it's a good business strategy. <laughs> um, but they're doing it. I, I figured they'd do it account based, right? But I mean, not. either way, you pay for it, right? Whether it's connected to classic back in the day or not, you buy the expansion. Well, you don't. You don't buy the expansion with with these classic ones. You all that's free. You just pay your subscription. Oh. Okay. Yep. So you just pay your you, fifteen dollars. You, how does that work on the new stuff? You buy the expansion. Yeah, the most recent one. Yeah. Okay. So they're not going to make now you go update, back and buy the old stuff. This update we just reviewed today about the Maw and everything. You don't pay for that because it's not an actual expansion. It's just a update to the expansion. Yeah, but you would have to have, have bought the expansion. So it's kind of... Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Like if you came and started playing WoW now, you would have to buy Shadowlands and that's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they don't charge for any of their previous stuff, and that's kind of their new business model. You only play, you only pay for the most recent expansion mm. as a new player. Now, obviously, me, Makes I'll sense. pay for each one because they come out each, you know, each time. Right. Okay. So it's it's tied to your character, like I said. So uh, you're going to have to decide on your characters: are they going to go to Burning Crusade or not? You have to tell it. It's going to basically prompt you and say. Do you want this character to go to Burning Crusade? If you I get do, it now. So you can duplicate that character, start one in Burning Crusade, leave your old character where he was. Well, that's only if or you... Or if you port him over, yeah, he leaves, that character's gone. Yeah, he leaves Classic Server and goes to yep. Burning Crusade Server. Yep. Mm. And so where they're going to get you is they, you're going to have to pay to keep copies on both. both. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for a one-time fee, they said, uh, and I think this is for people who haven't played Classic. Maybe I didn't want to play Classic WoW, but I wanted to play Burning Crusade. And so I come in and try to play Burning Crusade Classic. Um, but I don't want to have to level all the way from 1 to, to 60, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're allowing a one-time purchase. It's just going to be one time, a level boost to level 58. Hmm. Because the Burning Crusades from sixty to seventy, 
So you essentially can only do that with one character. Only one ever, because yeah. they don't want it to get out of control. Mm-hmm. So they're just doing that for like a one-time thing. Um, and then with Burning Crusade, they had brought in the Blood Elves and the Draenei. Blood Elves were for the Horde. Draenei were for the Alliance. Um, they said that because of um, because the Horde and the Alliance get the Shaman, it basically it was the Alliance would get a Shaman and the Horde would get a Paladin. Um, okay. Because in classic, that was kind of what made the the alliance and horde different. Alliance had a paladin, uh, horde had a shaman. So in this expansion, they made it to where these characters could play those. Okay. So anywho, anywho, um, so yeah, they're gonna let you play those those classes that I just mentioned, the shaman and the paladin. They're gonna let you play mm-hmm. that early before the burning crusade starts. I think I was all over the place on that. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys now. Um, well, you were all over the place a little bit, but that's because I'm a listener and participator uh, stand-in, essentially, right? Because <laughs> right. I've not uh, really played the game much, and I know we have listeners who haven't, but who think about playing it when we talk about it. Right. And so I'm asking those kind of questions because I know they're thinking the same thing, Yeah. unless maybe I'm just the only slow one. No, no, you're good. You're good. I think that's all the announcements they did for Burning Crusade. There's some other more intricate things that they did with certain blessings and things that are uh, more kind of hardcore. But I don't think for anybody who's new to uh, Burning Crusade Classics really going to care about that part of it. Okay. So that was that was one of their big announcements. So the next thing we're going to talk about uh, Hearthstone. Let's see what they announced for good old Hearthstone. Don't worry. All right. We'll be getting into the details in our panel later today. All right, here we go. Greetings. Greetings, mate. I'm to share with you everything that's coming to Hearthstone this year. But first... Let's take a quick look back at the year of the Phoenix. We added our first new class, the Demon Hunter. We just care about your new expansion, bro. Old school experience. The year of the Griffin. All right, year of the Griffin. Here we go, Ryan. Big announcement. Year of the Griffin. You're a hero of the Horde. All roads lead to the crossroads. You have come for adventure. But the Baron wants to break you your axe i love this kind of art style too be sharp. Mm-hmm. your wits must be keen and your heart must be mighty get all that cool stuff and then this guy's just shooting out little golden leaves just hanging out <laughs> i think you gotta hold some shrooms ryan let's just be honest do some bored people here, huh? And honor. This is who we are. Even like a, a wild comic cartoon thing like this would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I I'm, I'm like you. I see these things. And I'm like, why aren't we? Why aren't we experiencing this stuff in like movie form too? And like show form. Mm-hmm. The Barons. 
and we'll come face to face. Okay, so there you go. It's an expansion based on the Barons. You're going to get some new cards. Um, we're going to really skip past this because it's a card game, and it just doesn't keep my attention. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. Let me look real quick, though. Uh, for Hearthstone, they did say, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a Barons uh, expansion, so that's, like, based off of the Barons and, and WoW. So if you play WoW, you know. Um, they said the standard format will no longer include a combination of basic, classic, or current card rotations. Instead, a new collection called Core Set, consisting of 235 cards, along with current sets, will be the only cards available in the standard mode. Uh, core Set hmm. includes a mix of basic, classic, and wild cards, and will rotate over time. The rest of the basic and classic cards will be removed into a wild format as part of the legacy set. So, um, Ryan, you may be asking, what the heck does that mean? Um, whenever they started doing these expansions for the digital card game, they started getting to where it was getting a little crazy because you had all these decks, these card sets that you could do, you know, uh, mm -hmm. do these combos with and it was just kind of getting out of control. So they decided uh, that they were going to originally um, basically only keep a certain amount. And I, I forget the actual number, but it was basically like, we're only keeping, I'll just throw a number out there, five expansions or five, mm -hmm. five current sets. Right. And so mm -hmm. when each expansion came out, the one that was the, the latest one after five Oldest. will get dropped. Right. Yeah. Get put into the, to the wild card set. Um, and then they would have this wild thing where you could just go and do whatever. Um, so now it looks like they're just taking a core set. It's kind of the same thing, I think, but, um, I guess just not basing it off of each expansion, but making a part of okay. uh, a current set, what they think. So anyway, if you're into Hearthstone, there are some good, he uh, details there, um, that I think you'd be interested in. All right. So let's move on over to Diablo, Diablo news. Ryan, you've never, you never got to play any Diablo. I did not. One of the first ever appear in the series. Okay. Let's have a look. This is one of the first classes to ever appear in the series of Diablo. This is a big announcement. Is that your church, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I was a thief who stole from those more fortunate. I strayed from your light and found my trade in the shadows. They call it murder. I say 
job well done. I am a thief, a heretic, a murderer, father. Will Akara save me? Hmm. You mock our light. And those monsters with a scourge upon my foot. And you. Oh, you were the answer to their prayers. Then we are settled. And you owe me. The name you seek is. Thank the heavens for you. Heavens, I assure you, Father, the heavens didn't send me. So there you go. I was going to show you a little example of the gameplay. She actually looks pretty smooth. Mm -hmm. Definitely looks like an intense game. Yeah. So it's all about that making you feel strong and just tear through stuff, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, character building. Yeah. Big character trees, all kinds of customization. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I like the little trailer, though. Great yeah. preview. Very cinematic. Mm-hmm. Dean goes back to that, why aren't we watching movies? <laughs> right. Ah, a little ear collection. Find out she's giving old priest man some trophies. Noish. So, yeah, that's a little preview of Diablo 4. World than we've ever played in before. Uh, I think it shows a little bit more. Yeah. Sisterhood. Or a cloak and dagger rogue from the darkest... So yeah, you can kind of affect uh, how they look and whatnot. You will have the freedom to create the rogue that you imagine. I know there's more. By customizing the more he talks about here, yeah. ...of the things they've learned from their recent alpha test and what's next for the game. But that's still not all. We have one last bit of very exciting Diablo news to cover. Yep, here you go. When you hear us talk about the classes, the items, or the stories of the early Diablo games, you may have picked up on the absolute reverent tone we reserve for that golden era of Diablo. Maybe you share that love of the classes and just He's definitely reading a teleprompter, isn't he? Makes you want to take on Mephisto. Or <laughs> yes. On some of that, you know, you can tell when he goes into like, I'm actually excited to, all, oh, back to script. Some of our favorite moments <laughs> happened a long time ago. And not just in sanctuary years. Looks kind of like so, Hunter. We have a to special talk. surprise for you today. <laughs> Let's check it out. Love you, Hunt Dog. Miss you. Are these the demons from? Don't do it! 
20 years ago, a game defied a genre. Focus beyond darkest hours. It may yet be your crap graphics. <laughs> I bet that was so like good back in the day, though, man. It was a crazy game. Yeah, I remember people just loved it. You see that? Mm-hmm. Doing a little remaster, baby. They gotta do this uh, this little remaster better than they did Warcraft 3. So hopefully the same company is not working on that. Ooh. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a real big one. I mean, the new one is that way, right? But it is surprising that they brought the classic out that way. Well, you know what? I don't know about the, the new one. I think that it is. I think we talked about it when it was coming. That it would be cross progression? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't really make sense for him to do it for this and not the other. So Yeah, they, I think we talked about it. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll double check it, too. So Diablo 2 Resurrected. It's a remaster. Um, looks freaking sweet as Heck far yeah. as uh, now I have more of a reason to play Diablo 2. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much the opening ceremonies. Um, but yeah, with the Di Diablo 2, it's going to be updated graphics. Um, you know, what else can we say? It's going to be cross, cross, uh, cross progression. It didn't really say cross platform, though, did it? I keep wanting yeah, to say it did say cross platform. I thought it said cross progression. I think, it, I don't know. I, I guess it would be, though, if it's cross progression. No, I'll go back to that. Let's double check. I thought it said cross-platform because it said PC, console, and cross-platform. I thought it said cross-progression. Maybe my mind might have just read it. Well, I could have read it wrong. Let's see. Oh, no, I guess it was further on in the yeah. thing here. Consoles. Yeah, cross progression. Cross progression. Oh, so you can move your character from one to another. Yeah. So if you want to okay. play on PlayStation, you just. That's probably a dumb question. I mean, I don't know enough about Diablo to know. Uh, is it a co-op game? Yes. Yep. Okay. So cross platform, yep. it could be. So so on the last on the last one, it was uh, you could have up to four players. Okay. And then you just go through and just tear things up. Slash. Yep. Bash. Yeah, you usually start out with the story, go through the story. Once you beat that, then they have um, difficulty levels that you work up through, and basically just min and max your character all the way to as strong as you can get them. From what I understand, the story's real good on the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Diablo three was good. I, I mean, some people didn't like it, but I enjoyed it. Of course, it was my okay. first Diablo game that I ever played. So. There you go. And then Diablo also have Druid, so you can do like werewolf form and stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, and then I think uh, like Barbarian or Warrior. So anyway, good news there. Now, they didn't really mu say much about Overwatch in the uh, opening ceremony, and I definitely was surprised. 
there just wasn't anything. So because of that, guys, we're just going to check out some Overwatch 2 behind the scenes and uh, let you know. Which is weird, right? Because they announced new things. Yeah, they announced it last year. So it was like, okay. Well, I mean, what they talked about in this video we're about to watch had new information, did it not? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, yeah. But I think they just felt like it wasn't like announced. New enough, big enough. Yeah, I get you. So, so far, what do you think? I know I think it's good. I, I, I know mean, you're I think, not a big Blizzard game guy, but oh yeah, but I'm a. I follow the company essentially and how they're doing, and I think that they definitely had some struggles when they first partnered with Activision and kind of gradually declined and made some huge mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think this last year, year and a half, they've really picked up steam again, and I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Um. I was a little little surprised, like some of the announcements. I was kind of like, eh. like with Shadowlands, I expected they're probably not going to have much. It's the middle of an expansion. They're not going to announce next next time's expansion. You know what I mean? Right. So I I figured that um, the arcade kind of threw me off. I wasn't expecting that. So that's yeah, kind of a cool little feature. Small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Diablo two, I think, is probably their biggest news. Maybe even bigger than Diablo 4 for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that combined with, I think that the, uh, what is it called? Burning Crusades. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a pretty big announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Surprised there was no StarCraft. And they they didn't say anything about StarCraft. And they were, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't even a panel on StarCraft. It wasn't like, Hey, let's look at the old art of StarCraft. There's just yeah, nothing. here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. Anything? <laughs> yeah, nothing. So I don't know what to tell StarCraft players. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, so we're going to watch a little bit of this uh, behind the scenes for Overwatch 2, um, and then we'll just kind of uh, interject here and there and then give our opinions at the end, if you're good with that. Okay. And then we can just kind of give a summary. Okay. Hi, everybody, please hit record. Fingers crossed. We lost Scott. It's <laughs> off to a good start. This is going great. We've been assembling one of the best teams that I have ever worked with. I'm nervous. <laughs> and I'm so proud of the progress that we have made together. Like, I can just talk about anything that I want to. Yes. You're, you're, you're serving this up to the guy that is like unintentionally leaked information in past <laughs> interviews. <laughs> you can do it officially now. Okay. So... One of the maps that I'm I'm most excited for in Overwatch 2 is our Rome map. Yeah, baby. Overwatch should feel like this globetrotting adventure for our players. So we're having a lot of fun coming up with the Overwatch version of Rome. We wanted a very romantic, sort of this powerful feeling of old world architecture. One of the most exciting things for me is the early building of these maps where we get to sit down together with key people from the environment team, level designers, effects groups. We'll spend some time talking about moments in the game that we really want to see, like the Colosseum or a grand view of the hills of Rome in the backdrop. And then we'll go back and do a paint over or we'll do a concept painting of certain things based on that. We try to draw inspiration from as many different sources as possible. For example, one of our environment artists had just taken a trip to Rome and he returned with thousands of pictures and was so excited um, to work 
on a map set in Italy. There's a lot of ancient architecture in Rome that represents the empire that it used to be. So we brought some of that back. Some of the things that are destroyed in real life, we kind of rebuilt in a kind of an Overwatch style. That's cool. It's one of the most beautiful pieces. Of you know, this isn't on the stream, right? We've made oh. for the entire game and it just absolutely took my breath away. There you go, guys. Yeah, I like it. Feel more it looks sweet. Mm -hmm. Yes, Scott. <laughs> Scott, why don't you have the honor? Why don't you reveal? Yes. Like, is there an artifact? Like, let's pick an artifact one. I know what map I want to talk about. It's the one that I just get super excited about. New York City. New York mm. City is just an amazing Overwatch location. Okay. We're really striving to make it as That's authentic crazy. as possible while still putting this mm -hmm. Overwatch spin on it. There's a lot of amazing buildings and architecture pieces that just, especially for artists, stands out a lot. And they usually use this kind of art deco style from the 1920s, 1950s. We started in an area that's a little bit like the village. There's some smaller shops there. Mm. There's a fire station, little pizza places and things that people that are familiar with New York City will either recognize or maybe see the reference that we're trying to make with some of our different locations. I love how they integrate like the technology. You haven't seen in other games mm -hmm. before because it's uniquely Overwatch. All the flying well, we cars up, up top and sit on the streets. Otherwise, we have to reveal more maps. <laughs> so we were talking about PvP. And, you know, one thing that I think is really interesting about PvP in Overwatch 2 is some of the philosophical changes we're making to the approach. PvP feels different and new. We're upgrading our combat feel. The roles are playing differently. When it comes to all new maps, it's a pretty big departure uh, from where we are on live right now. So uh, I, I can't wait to see hmm. where we end up with it by the time we launch this thing. I mean, you can tell some of the changes they did with the UI and stuff. Which are passive mm -hmm. abilities that a hero can have based on what role they are. So when they say PVP, are they talking about more like team versus team or? Against them, and they oh, also generate less in our internal build. It's a that back. Um, they're, yeah, they're talking about competitive, like what we're doing right now, because this Isn't is gonna, all of it PVP then. No, because this is going to be Overwatch Two is going to have an actual co-op campaign. Oh and yes, I, I okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought they were introducing something new on the PVP sector. I think he's talking about they're changes just, within PVP. Within PVP, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. you know, like we said, it's going to cross-play with Overwatch right. One, so. Um. I just don't know how they're going to do that. It's just something completely different, but right. So then you're going to have a, a completely separate co-op campaign thing, right? Which they're, they're going to get into that. And then right now they're talking about the changes they're making to PVP. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. Because remember, Overwatch One players and Overwatch Two players are still going to be able to compete with each other. Right. And just and not in the certain maps. I don't know, because they've said that with map updates and characters, Overwatch 1 would get them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think Overwatch 2 is just that co-op component. So it's almost like, it, why and, did they need and, to release and, and, 2? And, you know, he said in the beginning, there's enough changes that it just really required for there to be a sequel. You yeah. really couldn't just add it to the other game. So I think you're so just there's going to be some those, mechanics those, stuff that are changing enough that... Yeah, there's graphical updates, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to balance it. 
I'm just going based off what they said last year, but they really didn't say much this year about that. So we'll see. Okay. I'm kind of questioning that since they announced it. How are you going to do that? You know, passives, mm -hmm. which are passive abilities that a hero can have based on what role they are. For example, currently in our internal builds, uh, the tank heroes all have knockback reduction against them, and they also generate less ultimate charge for enemies that are shooting at them. Damage dealing heroes have a movement speed bonus, which is great for flanking around the map. And uh, healing heroes, support heroes, have uh, automatic healing that kicks in after they haven't taken damage for a while. Very similar to Mercy's passive, but a little bit of a lower rate. One of the hmm. more shocking changes that we've been exploring in Overwatch 2 PvP is a change to the tank role entirely. That's applied to all of the tanks. We want to try to make them more toe-to-toe -to -toe brawlers and less characters that just stand back and protect other people. So for example, for Reinhardt, we've given him two charges of fire strikes, so we can throw fire strikes a lot more aggressively oh. and more often. Also his charge, he's able to cancel it now, and you can steer it more aggressively, so you can, you know, not quite turn a corner, but you can definitely more accurately pin targets. And because you can cancel it, it allows you to use it much more aggressively and yeah, you can tell you know, can really turn go way after more. those key targets without feeling like you're gonna sacrifice you know, all of your positioning, everything to get there. He's almost more terrifying now with this, be able to unleash his full arsenal more often than mm -hmm. kind of just being- Yeah, he's gonna be horrible. Yeah. The changes to Reinhardt that we're trying, and they might not shift, that's just the reality, but the changes that we're trying right now are to try to embrace more of that instinct that players have when they wanna play a big burly character that looks aggressive and feels like it should be aggressive. And really, Some players play him aggressive already. They're real good with him. We, yeah. we and he just tears everything apart. Combat feel group um, to really just work on what happens when a player holds the trigger. We're putting a ton of effort into looking at all of our characters um, and trying to give them even a more visceral weapon feel. From sound to VFX to animation to the design of these units, all new sounds for, for a lot of our weapons in the game and a whole new sound system that's driving it. And we didn't just level up a unit, we leveled up the rest of the game. When we first started working on Overwatch, you know, we spent quite a bit of time working on gunfire sounds and just, just general combat feel to make it feel really awesome. Uh, we're revisiting pretty much everything. Nothing's off the table, so we're looking at even kind of small things such as quick melee attacks that every hero has. So they have kind of new audio pass and uh, oh. a new kind of feel. Yeah, she bounces back. That's kind of cool. One mm -hmm. of the bigger efforts we're undertaking for Overwatch 2 is what we're calling our Weapon no. 2.0 sound pass. What this is is a big overhaul to the weapon systems in the game. That means the way the gun feels in your hands, you could feel the ammo running out as you're getting lower on the clip. We really tried to amplify those sounds to better encapsulate the gameplay and the gunplay that comes with Overwatch 2. Another key to the weapons was getting them to feel like they're in the environment. This meant working with Convolution <coughs> Reverb. It's a new system that we've implemented into Overwatch. It's a way that we can capture the acoustics of an environment. I like that. And that way, if you're in a room, it's going to sound different than when you're outside. Yeah. So we went and captured tails of guns in different environments through our weapon shoots. Nice. And then we've cut them and applied it so that we can support a lot more environments. 
Now we're sporting outdoor, urban outdoor, warehouse tails. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference. Tight tunnels, small rooms, and it gives a lot more presence That's to cool. the weapons yeah. and the way that they react. You thought the game was loud before, right? Chaotic. On top of that, I think we really want to push the visceral nature of how we do combat. So we focused a lot, not just on the wonderful sound effects, but also with how the, the gun moves as you shoot. You know, so you can really feel every single shot leaving the chamber. And there's a lot of subtle little tweaks we have to do on the gameplay oh. engineering side to make that feel really visceral. Everything from making sure that the camera shakes are crisp, making sure that if you get shot, you know exactly these tight indicators show up on the outside of your reticle. All these things oh. play into making the game I kind of like that better. Not just mm -hmm. tight response. Like when he's getting shot, it's like the whole left day. screen, not just a little part of it. Six, for example. Mm -hmm. What we wanted up. to do in Overwatch 2 with his weapon was to make it really feel incredibly powerful. And that happens with Damn. a bunch of different elements that mix together. But it really feels like the gun is almost just outside of your control. A lot of that comes down to this camera technology. Where every every time you fire, all I'm thinking about this whole time is that we need a dual sense controller. Yes, to yeah. really make this what it needs to do, be. Do you do you think that's why they're doing some of this? I don't know. Like when Might you be. when you buy it for PlayStation Five, you get to mm -hmm. it's going to be crazy some probably. of this with it. Yeah, that's that's what this almost yeah. feels like. We why? play mouse and keyboard, but that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like, why are they putting all this effort into this? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it would look good for mouse and keyboard or for a regular mm -hmm. controller, but you're right. Um, I just thought... Yeah, a whole other experience with DualSense. Yeah, that may be why they're overhauling this whole thing. Not, mm -hmm. But they're not going to come right out and say that and piss right. all their, their peoples off, their Xbox or whatever, or PC. Yeah. The weapon. You want to feel like it's running through your entire body, and the camera shake gives that extra bite to every single shot out of the chamber. Yeah. It makes him feel... Really great. Isn't that weird how just little subtle changes like that from last BlizzCon? Mm -hmm. She's been affected uh, under development for quite a while, and she's actually quickly at this point become a lot of people's favorites in the house. When we look back at Overwatch when it was originally created, um, there was a lot of heroes that were made from a gameplay standpoint, kind of surrounding a weapon type. For example, Farah was based on a rocket launcher hero. Widowmaker is clearly like kind of sniper. We thought there was a weapon that was kind of missing that would be a lot of fun to play with, and that's a railgun. It's so much fun in the playtest to have this really powerful shot that can, you know, rip through enemies if you really are accurate with it. And she's she's all about that aim skill. So mm. if you if you got that aim skill, you'll love her. We're still exploring new game modes. We won't like her. Also no. <laughs> reevaluating older game modes that people are more critical of. You know, we're of the mindset maybe maybe two CP doesn't exist in Overwatch 2. And maybe there's a new cool game mode that replaces it. We really want Overwatch 2 to feel like the next evolution, a true sequel to the first game, not an add-on. It's not a small part. It's not an extension of the original game. This is an evolution and a replacement to the original game. And I think it's exciting. See, he says all this. I'm sorry, I want to pause it. He says yeah, I'm all thinking this, the exact same like, thing. So it sounds like you're ditching Overwatch 1, which I'm fine with. It's been out for a long time. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But and Maybe he's just basically saying, hey, we want you guys to know we're making big enough changes that this game is a different game. Yes, it will cross play for so long. Yeah, that's what it That's kind of like. what it feels like you're saying. Yeah. And, but it's on a track to be the new Overwatch. Yeah, like you won't have access to this game mode. You'll play the old game right. modes on Overwatch yep. 1. Yeah. Yep. 
That could be it. So here's where here's where it gets Euro into more of the co-op stuff, right? Probably one of the things that's the hardest to wrap your head around if you've never played one of them. The goal around hero missions is for these to be this co-op PVE experience. I personally only play competitive mode. Like I'm all about that competition. And I have friends that they don't want to do that at all. So I'm really looking forward to a game that I can play hours and hours with, with my friends who aren't in competitive. It looks like Dexter, doesn't it? I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Hero missions are the content that people are playing as they are leveling up their heroes. And so for a system like this to really sing, you need a lot of mission. We don't want players to feel like they're just in this grind to get to the top. And there's a lot of really, really good back-end technology that we're exploring. So the heroes are constantly bringing their personality and some light story to these hero missions as well. The goal is to make as many as possible, hundreds of hero missions. We've explored a lot of different ways of getting to that much content. So have like different sets of enemy units that people will be fighting against. And there's different hero mission types at the same time, hero missions can take place in all of the multiplayer maps that we've done. And we're also adding new spaces onto some of these maps. It's a huge challenge for the art team. We take maps that a lot of people love and recognize, and we have to add a lot more art and level design to it. In this one hero mission playtest, we came up to an area in King's Row that usually has a gate on it. Suddenly that gate opened and I saw a new area of King's Row that I had never seen before. You may be playing a payload game type and the payload may decide to take this new route instead of going the usual route. That was really, really cool. It was like this eye-opening special moment. Lan, our lead tech artist on the environment side, very early on our own free time, made a prototype of a sandstorm on the Temple of Anubis map. And at the time, you know that we didn't map, know what we wanted to do with mm -hmm. that, but it looked awesome. We looked at it and went, oh my God, we absolutely have to do this. So we put some new technology in place That's that allows cool. us to do this dynamically. That looks Start good. Start the mission off, clear day. Midway through the mission, suddenly this sandstorm or heavy weather would show up. It made the world just feel so much more alive. They should have that sunset in, in PvP. PvP. Yeah. But depending on where you are in the world. You know, it made people mad though. California. You can't see my shot. Have what we call a California <laughs> sun. Nubani, there's a great African sun that happens there. You start to get a sense of space and mood. This is what really brings the levels to life. For me, the dynamic world's exciting. Just seeing these dramatic landscapes, the wind and the atmosphere blowing by. It's a much more cinematic experience for the player. Before you start a mission, you look at a map. It's nighttime in Necropolis or there's a sandstorm in Necropolis. Players can make some comp choices based on knowing this information. Characters like Hansel mm. or Widowmaker start to be a little more valuable. So it sounds like the maps will never be exactly the same, maybe? The sand more clear. Mm -hmm. There'll be different settings and things going on. Well, they go through cycles, but it's yeah. gonna add a lot of variety. Types of objectives in hero missions. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the objectives. Players are being asked to do different things from one hero mission to the next so that they all feel really fresh to the player. For example, we have Gather and Return, where 
we're trying to go and grab these different canisters to kind of safeguard them so they don't go off and affect the population in a negative way. It creates this really cool tension in the world where on the one hand, you're trying to split up and go grab all these canisters to be as efficient as possible. But at the same time, now you're having these sort of special enemy units spawn that are really difficult. And if you kind of get caught by yourself, it turns into a pretty bad situation really quickly. And it feels extremely cooperative and like a very different way mm. to interact with the Overwatch universe. It's weird seeing it as a, P as a PVE. All sorts of ideas mm -hmm. and Concept. just internally we have names like- And the way it's mission by mission, it's not yeah, really it's like a- and kill quest and a storyline new mechanics or at least just this looks like right to experience well that's they what they're saying you can kind of select what you want to play when you want to play it. hero yeah. missions yeah and then work through the progression system leveling up their heroes i'm definitely digging it like it's a good change up the, At the fact that there's a what they're talking about right now it's interesting and we showed the very early version of our talent system which i think was really cool we had that one talent where like may became the rolling snowball which was a big hit we've really blown that system out i'm real excited about talents you can play the same hero in so many different ways now with the skill tree you can have fun every night doing different things and kind of experimenting yeah, the talent system is like really Whoa. deep and rich, and <laughs> mm -hmm. every it's a lot of talents. has different mm -hmm. trees. You might open up 76's tree, and as you're leveling and picking new talents, you're starting to feel your hero change. We've had some pretty hilarious versions of the healing one where his biotic field travels with him. It also repulses mm. enemies. We called it the snowplow build, where 76 is like running through spaces, pushing enemies away from them. <laughs> Designing these is super fun because mm. it's like we get to break all the rules that we've sort of established for ourselves and uh, we get to really take the gloves off and do crazy things like Junkrat can dual wield grenade launchers and have Mercy be able to area effect res the whole team at once at super long range through walls. It's been a ton of fun, kind of like mad scientists making all this stuff. You're all used to using these kind of kinetic weapons like Soldier 76's rifle or fire attack like what Reinhardt's Flame Strike does. As soon as you start to mutate these things with talents, all of a sudden maybe you're doing freeze damage or electrical damage, mm. but it gives the animators a bunch of crazy opportunities. You know, the animations are going to change to show them freezing and shattering. And if you, you know, shock someone with a lightning attack, they can shake in place and stun, maybe chain to other enemies. All sorts of stuff to make them feel like you're controlling oh, cool. battlefield in novel ways. I've had that throw it's me off for PvP though. Myself, the first time. That's I exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> systems, it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, not even want to throw you off, but you might wish you could have that character. I want to plan. Like, and I want to see like where do I want to. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, why don't they just include yes, it? Yes, it's so great. You know, I don't care if it breaks the game. Yeah, then then everybody would have all these different ways of play. It would add so much craziness. Oh man, planning how you're gonna get down there. Be too intimidating, really. So fun. Jeez. But I'm, I'm pretty certain it's just going to be for PVE only. BlizzCon yeah, 2019, and we talk about some of the criticisms that we had. One of them as a development team that we felt was that the combat was just not engaging enough. So the fact that our combat wasn't highly engaging to us as players meant that we had a problem with the enemy units and that they just weren't feeling interesting enough. Just because we show something to the public, it doesn't mean that that is what it's going to be. If we make discoveries where things aren't working how we want, they're not reading how we want, they're not fun enough, we're totally down to reinvestigate, reiterate, and just really find ways to level kind of all aspects of things until they feel good. 
I would say a major focus of all of 2020 was to make the null sector enemy units more engaging. And some of this was adding new units and evolving other units that we had. Interesting combat for us is varied combat for us. So sometimes we're gonna ask you to protect something in Overwatch 2. Sometimes we're just gonna ask you to get someplace. Sometimes we might ask you to escort something across a map while it's being attacked. And so it's a different type of spawning and it's a different type of units that are that are in there and it's a simpler objective. There's a lot of units Aaron is talking about. Lots of different units, lots of different types. They serve different purposes. You do different things to them. It's really gonna help a lot of us find the fun and make sure that Overwatch 2 is a blast. One of those sets of, of enemies is, is what we internally call objective units. And they're typically units that don't even attack players. The simplest version would be something like the Breacher. It's two legs with this huge bomb on its back. It was built to do one thing, slowly and methodically march towards its objective. And then it transforms and the bomb opens up like a flower. It starts mm. spinning and charging up and you hear this awesome sound and you know you have a little bit of time before it's gonna explode and you have to take it out. We have units like the Slicers, which you guys have seen before. They, they're little, we call them the chickens, the little chicken slams, they're, they're running really fast. You know, we have a guy we're training with right now who flies and drops these bombs that create these kind of ever-expanding smoke fields that you have to escape from because they're super deadly. Um, so you really get to use your mobility options to kind of escape that. Mm. There's things like the Polar. You could be moving through these darker alleys, and as soon as you hear that Polar spawn, it suddenly becomes like really spooky and kind of scary. This very tall, elegant looking character that's blindfolded, three orbs that circle witch. around her as her eyes. It's and definitely some kind of a left for dead vibe. Those orbs mm -hmm. around her head as a big tell, launched them at the player and then it activates this tractor beam and it's bringing you in and bringing you in and then you get this awesome like anticipation of the hair opening oh, wow. up so you know what's about to happen. One thing we've just recently been that's experimenting cool. with is this idea of elite units. We didn't want the elite units to feel like they're just, oh, this guy's got- So he was more like the smoker. Damage. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure the elite units feel yeah, like they have different yeah. behaviors and have different attacks. So for example, an, an Omnic Grunt, normally he just kind of, he fires his gun, he dies pretty simply. If you fight elite Grunts, his weapon fires in a burst fire pattern. It's very deadly if you're close. And if you manage to take him out, they don't just die right away. They instead can crawl on the ground towards you and you, you, you know, you try to back away. Oh, um, nice. You know, if they get to you, they can explode. <laughs> Artillery That's cool. and BlizzCon. Yeah. All it looks fun for sure. Yeah, like, what is looks like it'll definitely be intense. One of the things we really- And if it's really got hundreds of missions, then damage it'd be pretty fun. Tend for players to shoot these guns off, but currently it's not reading as something that can happen in the game easily. We change the design, we change mm -hmm. the animation, and we go back and forth and just continually iterate. We decided- It is hey, cool to what? see some of their behind the scenes stuff. We're half of these mm -hmm. damage states, so now it's super readable. From an animation standpoint, we decided on the spinning barrel version. It just did this really nice kickback. The tip of the barrel opens up when it's about to fire and shifts into place and boom! It's really amazing to be fighting an artillery unit and you can see the guns on the side and as you're shooting the guns, they're actually visibly taking damage and then you can blow them off and it reacts and kind of stumbles cool. to the side and really makes you feel like you're there and it's super fun. In a lot of the stuff we've showed so far, you're fighting the sector. These are evil killing machines intent on marching you down. The way you're going to stop them is by shooting them. 
And we wanna make sure that feels responsive and visceral, really making sure that when they take a hit, it feels like their whole body has been punched, almost like hit by a truck. That's what really sells this fantasy that you're playing these superheroes. One of the cool pieces of technology that we created was what we call chain hit reactions. Oftentimes you'll find Null Sector bunched up marching maybe a half a dozen units abreast. You expect if you shoot one, they're gonna knock them to their buddies. So we made that happen. Turns out it's really fun too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one of the things that we showed last year at BlizzCon was the new looks for our heroes. The theory kind of going in was like, you want to preserve the essence of your hero, but also kind of show that a hero has evolved and kind of changed and moved forward. So we have a lot more new looks. So I'm excited to see how players and fans react to all of the ones that we've done so far. Maybe we'll share some of those new looks uh, yeah. today, which would be cool. We're going to reveal uh, McCree's new look for Overwatch 2 as well as Farah. And we're really excited to show off some of our first villains uh, with Reaper and Widowmaker. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about technical. Do you want to skip past this part? Clothing. Oh, I'd like to see them. Using okay. you know, very techy fabrics, as well as you know, having very intricate but functional straps designed in a way that it's very aesthetically pleasing. With McCree, we took a couple of different approaches. He's got this classic cowboy look that it's really hard to mess with because if you try to make like him that, too sophisticated, or too techy, it might not like feel the right for the character. But as a concept artist, you always want to change things around and try different shapes and, and silhouettes. So we did identify his red serape as the main thing for McCree. We also tried a couple different things with McCree's cowboy hat. We didn't really want to mess with that too much because that's a very iconic part of him. So that's another piece that we, that we kept. We tried some retro cowboy looks that mixed in some tech here and there. Um, some that were a little bit more techy than others, some that were a little bit more classic cowboy. We gave him a little bit of a longer beard and it really gives him a nice kind of like a, a more aged look. What's different about Farah than some of our other heroes is Farah's completely covered in armor. We didn't want to change her silhouette too much. Um, it was more about experimenting on different colors. So it felt really appropriate for her to be the one to harken back to those original Overwatch colors of white and blue. One of the things that we wanted to update on Farah was her visor. Instead of being completely opaque and reflective, we tried a little bit more of a transparent approach and being able to see through it a little bit now allows us to see some, of her, some more of her emotions. Reaper was actually the ones I was very excited to work on because I could mm. see a lot of potential in how we can integrate his cloak and his cowl and his armor and how we can make all those shapes really sing within that classic you know, Reaper silhouette. We tried a couple takes with the first pass, like completely silver arms, more layers to his jacket. Reaper's mask is obviously pretty sacred to us, but the thing you'll notice immediately is that it's now completely silver. Instead of the bone white, he's okay. got the, this like, almost like deadly edgy silver. That Makes just me gives think him of Terminator. Reaper look. Yeah, Reaper maker, we started mm -hmm. with the idea stage, exploring a breadth of ideas. We tried things like a more insectoid approach, treasure hunter, one of them made her feel like a classic Bond villain. So we kind of steered it back towards one of the more cyberpunk looking ones, almost like a futuristic femme fatale, which is basically what Widowmaker is, but she even feels more upgraded. So I'm super glad that we went down this route. We played with different hairstyles too. Widowmaker has the really long ponytail that's really key part of her look. 
and really liked the hairstyle on one of the designs that was more braid. And it was really interesting look that also preserves Widowmaker's original silhouette with that long ponytail. We've been working a lot with um, our domino engine and making our cloth look better. Now that we have this cloth tech, we're gonna be able to make some really cool, unique silhouettes that will help them stand out from other heroes. We put a lot of time and effort into our face rig. And what I mean by that is we're gonna be able to get really close to these characters and it's gonna feel really cool. It is absolutely worth the time and the effort to invest in the technology. Looks like that's probably that we can make these characters do more things that we haven't probably really for cinematics. I was just about to say, looks it's like that's what they're exciting that. work on the new looks mm -hmm. we're watch too. And it's just new more so story driven stuff. Try things that we've mm -hmm. never tried before. And I just can't wait to show up more in the future. Looking good though to me. Yeah. Overwatch oh, yeah. 2 is probably the largest opportunity we've had since the inception of the franchise to really expand what Overwatch even means to our players. In Zero Hour, we saw that some of the heroes got back together, but we're also seeing that there seems to be a second huge Omnic uprising. We're gonna learn who's behind that uprising, why that's happening, how globally spread is it? The story and franchise development group, they were really the torchbearers of what the big story is that we were gonna tell for this game. We have a lot of interaction with them. They're working on in-game cinematic intros and outros for every one of our story missions. It's been really great to see this collaboration grow and develop. The story is just a little more integrated into our missions than it ever really has been before. All the available heroes get dialogue for a given mission. We have NPCs. We have multiple hero choices. We have all sorts of events that are happening that are driving players to interact with each other or parts of the environment or other characters. That's what I'm loving is seeing the world look future. more like reactive. So how do you take that bright, shiny future compared to the PvP? How dark can the world mm -hmm. of Overwatch go? The different challenges that these characters are going to have to overcome in Overwatch 2 are things that they haven't ever dealt with before or dealt with on this scale. So what we had to do was literally strip it down to those bare bones of where are these characters in their lives. Overwatch has been disbanded and now there's a situation where the world's in trouble again and the world needs the heroes again, but they're not allowed to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. We started to book these off-site locations so we could brainstorm over and over different versions of what the Overwatch 2 story campaign could be. And we basically had these whiteboards that we were carting around everywhere. The room was filled with whiteboards and we would just write every day story beats with the characters and who was doing what. Okay, can you pause it oh real gosh, quick and make sure. Character. Yeah. We had these giant I'm not confused. Yeah. So there's the co-op mission thing they talked about. But there is still a, a campaign game, or am I confused on that? You know, they didn't really go into detail on, I'm not really 100% sure either. Like number one, we've played PVP. Is there a campaign? No, they've just in tra in certain trailers and character stuff. They right, you've learned the lore and the story. Right, 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 right. Right. Or, okay. or they or they've had events like they've had one where it's like a chronicle of the past. It's like an archive event, and you right. actually go back and it's them and them younger selves, and mm -hmm. you play through kind of as a co op event. But it's yeah, not that as helps you learn the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And okay. I, yeah, 
But that's been basically it, and then they have like comics that they release okay. on it. Yeah. Notes. And each one of them would be a mission with a bunch of notes on it. You know, somebody say, well, what if we moved Rio to the end and they physically grab it off the wall and stick it on the end? And we did this for a while, you know, until we all felt that it was pretty close to what we wanted. Then we could send it to our writer's rooms. The writer's rooms then had a much clearer direction of where we wanted this process to go. Ultimately, we come up with something that we think is right for the game. And then we pitch it back to the game team and they point out everything that uh, we missed. And that allows us to actually back up and go and make it right and make it better. Because the scale of this story is so huge, it takes place over the whole world, basically. It just requires a constant iteration, constant refinement to make the story as best as we can make it. From writing, we go to storyboards. The storyboards get crafted with the edit. From there, it'll go to a previs department where they'll start to flesh it out in 3D. Once we've kind of figured out our camera work and our cinematography, that'll then go to the animation department. And then we end up going right into the game engine. One of our challenges was to figure out how to integrate this story and this narrative with the gameplay. So if the intro cinematic ends with this huge battle, this huge war, when you get into the game, it has to mesh and feel the exact same way and blend together. We really are also trying to get the music to be equally as consistent from in-game cinematics straight through to the mission. Adam Burgess, our lead composer, has been working with the IGC team, with the game team, developing themes for- I see, it does seem like they're talking about more of an in-game storyline. As the yeah. cinematic director, whatever we're crafting should never override the gameplay. We want to make sure that the player's experience going from the cinematic to the gameplay is seamless and it feels like a completely immersive experience the engineers, we have to find a way to actually make that come to fruition. The Choreo tool is a tool that allows people to coordinate different events to happen at the same time. Like in Rio, if you've played our demo, one of the buildings explodes. And so that kind of event needs to happen as you're running by and you need to have it timed because if it blows up too Man, early, then you they need that it. in PVP. It allows story moments in missions mm -hmm. that interact with the like, environment. Like whenever uh, with Bastion's with his internet mode, tech just take out half a building on accident. Allowing us to <laughs> our storytelling farther than we could previously. What's also really powerful about Choreo is that, you know, if somebody has an idea, they can mock things up really quickly. We got to show the Widowmaker making this awesome introduction. Casey was able to quickly put a really rough prototype in Choreo and Philip would come in and on the fly, he's making quick changes. They play tested something that would normally take weeks. It was done in like a matter of days. Each story mission has its own custom map built for it. And these maps are absolutely gigantic. India is one of our biggest maps. So this is different. You see what I'm saying? Has a mm -hmm. few there's the mission co-op thing, and then there's a story mode game. Thing, yeah. We've written a history for each city so that the cities feel... So there's like three modes almost, really. The artists, so that Yeah, and it sounds like this is probably not co-op. You'll play as different characters through the story workshop as you're learning the story. That's that's my vibe right now. You know, step ladders and scalable tables. We designed the space as if we were a tour, you know? Molten steel is pouring out of walls. It's pretty epic when you walk into it. Toronto was under siege by Null Sector when the players arrived here. There's a dynamic snowstorm. So as you make your way through the level, the snow is slowly building up. Suddenly by the end, the characters are caught in this gigantic snowstorm. Well, I don't know. It still looks co-op. Yeah. 
In Overwatch 2, we want to give you choice to be able to play this character or that character. So we're designing a lot of systems around how their relationships develop over the course of the story missions in the campaign. We have a cast of many characters, all on screen, all at the same time. And it's fantastic to actually see them all interacting and working together in ways that we've never actually seen. We've always thought about it and hoped for it, but now it's actually happening. It actually requires us to have a whole new branching dialogue system. If you happen to have Genji and Mercy in the second mission of the game, you might get different dialogue that's about their relationship. Mm. Um, voice actors okay. bring the characters to life in ways that everybody has fallen in love with from inside Blizzard to the So they fans. made everybody interchangeable Just then. Here, mm -hmm. this collection of actors all together, all interacting, has been a real treat. I wish people could see how many people are involved when it comes to something like telling the story of Overwatch. It doesn't just come from a singular person, it comes from a group, and it's a really talented, fun group that all works together. We've been developing what we hope is one of the best stories ever. And, uh, there's Did some, you notice her eyes are kind of cyber really like? Excited about. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like a little computer chip look to them or something? We've been talking about the game, about the, this universe. I know you all love it so much. Right now, we can sit down and have a night of Overwatch 2 and have it be a really fun experience. And I think we need some more time so we can say it's perfectly polished in the way that we want it. We've made such incredible strides since we first announced this and showed it to the community at BlizzCon in 2019. The thing that I'm most excited about is that moment when we hand the game over to the players. We wanna create something that really moves people, really touches people. That's why we do it. We create the game because we want it to become part of your life and for you to experience it. I mean, used to, you didn't really for Overwatch see announcements the bar. Yeah. two years before the game was gonna be there. Five games right. in one, it's right. a huge undertaking. The new tech and the new aesthetics for the new looks bring you closer. Yeah, so he just said it's about five games and we're in just one. Just getting started. So yeah. it's making sense to what we're seeing here. Experience mm -hmm. is much richer. We are making cinematics that push the boundary of what we can do to tell stories. We want this dynamic world. We want things to feel alive. I'm really looking forward to being able to expand the world of Overwatch for our players. We're really trying to tell this epic story. In order to make a game great, it takes time, energy, collaboration. <laughs> we have just an incredibly. I mean, it makes sense because you've got all these Blizzard guys, engineers who just love Blizzard is all about story. So many great yeah, all the games are deep story, deep lore. Our goal and then Overwatch, Overwatch has good story, but it's not in anywhere in comparison to the first yeah, they had, games. They haven't got the chance to expand like they want to, right? And so they're over there itching like some methanes. <laughs> saying, how do we take Overwatch and leave it Overwatch, but bring in that depth? You know, yeah. I feel like that's what they're talking about here. It's looking good. Let's go oh, yeah. be heroes. Yeah, I'm pumped for it. I didn't think I would be, you know, from last year's announcement. I wasn't mm -hmm. that excited about it. I was just like, oh, they want to do a story mode. But getting to getting to see that and kind of see what, what they're planning. Um, mm -hmm kind of got me more pumped. 
so to speak. So what let's talk, I guess, first. Um I guess like like you were saying the story mode. I think what they will do, this is my opinion, mm-hmm. I think what they're gonna do is you go into campaign mode and you can do it either by yourself or with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking you unlock you play through the story and as you go through you maybe unlock that zone or that city to then go back and level up later in with the, a different the only reason I thought that it was something different is because when they were talking about those missions earlier mm-hmm. it looked a lot like normal missions like it had like the vehicle moving through or different things like that Mm-hmm. And he described mostly the same maps with a few areas expanded. And then when he described the maps in the campaign, he described huge, Cities. all new maps for each mission. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes me think those are, they're two different things. Well, do you think your character progression will stay the same though with those talents and stuff? Yes. You- yeah. Because he said he thinks that people will be using this co-op deal the mission play to build their characters which i think will overlap with Go into your story yeah the story yeah that's okay. my guess but i'm not sure you could be right they're doing a lot of work though when, it, when he it, said that it didn't make sense because he said they're going to be using this to build their characters well of course i mean we're gonna be if that's all there is yeah but and you're not going to use it in pvp so why else would you be using it to build your characters unless it's for this campaign mode? So do we think story mode could become very challenging? Right. Like to where it's That's like you're going to have kinda. to level up? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get through it? Like maybe you play through a certain part of the story, then you realize this part's too tough, my character's not tough enough. You go over, you play some of these quick mission deals, build level your guy, up. mess with your tree, bring him back in, try the campaign again. Are they going to do Which hard? Is interesting, if that's what they're doing. Are they going to do like hard mode, kind of like they did with um, games like Left 4 Dead and things like that? Oh yeah, like an extreme mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to give it replayability, they do it in Diablo. Mm-hmm. So they could definitely. I mean, if you look at some of the other things they're doing in the game, it's got to. It be, looks right? like they took some hands from Left 4 Dead. Uh huh. It's just a whole yeah. other genre. Yeah. So this looks. I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, good. When I last year, when I saw the announcement, the graphics weren't really wooing me. I almost felt like okay, they're going backwards a little bit with mm. looking a little more cartoony, or I, I shouldn't say cartoony, like clay, kind of like a more mm. clay look. That might have just been because they were in development so early, yeah. Because on this, some of those characters looked Great. a lot better, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could tell with the characters like Reinhardt, uh, Tracer. Kind of the Some of their actual structure. live gameplay videos looked horrible. Like it was grainy and stuff like that, but they're mm-hmm. probably playing it turned way down so they can check the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that some of them, they didn't even have maps loaded yet. Mm-hmm. Like they might be playing around, but it's, you know, over here's a gray right. box or whatever. Yep. 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 Um, I think that's so they can adjust something and then try it out and then adjust mm-hmm. something, try it out, and it's not at full specs. Yeah. So I feel like this was Overwatch's way of saying, hey, guys, or their way of saying, hey, guys, we don't really have anything this year, but we are working on it, and here's some progress. Like, give us and a chance. And I think they of. were going, 
the things you thought weren't good. It's it's not what's going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're we're yeah. changing those things. There's there is a big difference. The chatter on the game, not just from us, is so what they added some co-op campaigns, right? I mean, that's uh, slightly that's been the vibe from some people. Yeah, so. I know. I kind of came out that way a little mm-hmm. bit of like, okay, you got to justify it if I'm going to pay all that money mm-hmm. to play your Overwatch too. Oh, I'm I'm going to buy it just by watching that preview. I'm oh gonna... yeah, the replayability you can tell is mm-hmm. there. So that plus, I still get to do the PvP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my man. Uh, but yeah, there is a part of me that's, uh, I don't know if they would do it, but okay. You don't have to let us play talents in the regular competitive mode. I'm fine with that. I get it. But because Maybe just a certain mode where you can, yeah, because they have arcade mode where they do like gravity, mm-hmm. gravity, uh, no gravity mode and all that different mm-hmm. type of stuff. Rotate in a little talents, all talents mm-hmm. available or something, you know? Yep. Yep. Characters available, pre-built or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That'd be sweet. That would be, yeah. So, I like it. I like it uh, so far. So, BlizzCon line, it was different. One of the big things I noticed right off the bat, which you probably noticed, there's no cheering. Yeah, it makes it weird a little bit. The live crowd takes away some of that excitement, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm used to hearing the the fans getting getting nuts about it, so you're kind of like... It almost seemed like... It was a lot harder for the speakers. Oh yeah, like they were sitting there, kind of struggling, speaking yeah. on a huge stage to an empty room. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, overall, I think it was a pretty good um, BlizzCon. I think they did the best they could with what they had. Um, Agreed. One thing I did notice, and this is just I'm a little bit more diehard fan. I kept thinking, man, something's different, and it's not the fact that there's not people there. I was like, and they still have some of these. Uh, things like the community contest was okay but it still wasn't that great like i didn't Mm -hmm. really enjoy the costume contest the whole fun part of that was watching people actually walk out and this year they didn't you know right so um that's fine uh i kept thinking what's the deal what's wrong and then i realized there's no there was no live competition every year they do the Mm -hmm. uh the three three v three arenas for warcraft Mm-hmm. And then they have the Overwatch League Championship, right? And then and then they usually do, um, I think they even do Hearthstone competition, like the, when the championships there. So a lot, yeah, that's, yeah. So there's a lot of hype behind all that. Yeah, I think the only esports they had at this event that I saw was um, was the Overwatch League, and that's about it. Hmm. So, yeah, definitely, definitely different. But uh, yeah, what what did you think as as someone that's you know, doesn't play Blizzard games all the time. Well, I thought the announcements were decent. I thought they were pretty normal. Um, nothing groundbreaking, you know. Mm-hmm. I think because of the games that I play, the Overwatch thing is the most interesting, but it's not really groundbreaking either because it was announced last year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... If I had known more about Overwatch ahead of time, the new one, mm-hmm. then this would probably have not been as a preface either as impressive you know what i mean yeah so uh it was decent but if you combine the fact that it was decent with no amazing news with the fact that it was online and kind of less hyped Mm -hmm. yeah wasn't the best event yeah yeah um but i think what can they do about that you know yeah you can't can't do much 
Yeah, there just wasn't a there wasn't like the big big game announcement. I think if they would have came out and said, "Here's a new StarCraft game," mm-hmm. I'm not a big StarCraft player, but in general, it's like, oh man, you know. So yeah, I mean, I think that even though the WoW thing wasn't an expansion, it was a good chunk of an add-on to the story and change to gameplay. Mm-hmm. So that one was pretty big to me. Yeah, the burning which uh, may be normal if you're a WoW player. But for a normal game, that seemed like a pretty big add-on. Which which one? The um, just the whole new, the new story continent. that's continuing. You yeah, know, yeah. the the king went up there and attacked, and now you're going to be going down and be able to play out the whole area without just being there for a little bit, right? So it's right. essentially a whole new realm. Yeah. You know? And he said that it's. Uh, what do they call it? It's not called the Alliance. What are all the groups called? The Covenants. The fact that all the Covenants are coming back together, right? Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty big change to the game. So from an outsider looking at it, seemed like some pretty big changes and new story mm-hmm. added to what was there. Yeah. And to me, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Story-wise, they've been knocking it out of the park with WoW. Um, mm-hmm. I think even with gameplay, they're getting they're doing things right. So um, I've been pretty happy i feel like uh and this is just a theory as far as what other game companies could do with their games mm-hmm. that are older um and like i said wow is kind of different because it's it's one of those it's been around for years now you know right so it, i guess it's treated a little bit different but i like the classic server idea because then it then gives the company um the opportunity to go ahead and change things with the current game without worrying too much about, about oh yeah it's messing brilliant. up the 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 old you know you can't get mad because we literally gave you back the original yep and now if they're going to release each stage then they're going to just please everybody right i mean they literally could and i know they won't do it because it's such a big undertaking they could literally come out and say here's wow 2 we're going to mm-hmm. revamp the entire game mm-hmm. and then here's all your classic servers right. i mean they can literally do that and it would be okay because it's like okay yep they've broken themselves free of that mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's a smart business choice definitely cashing in on their old ips though bringing back diablo mm-hmm. 2 hey here's some arcade games to throw in there for you guys mm-hmm. um so i think that's pretty smart as well um but that nothing nothing in blizzcon was uh was a big surprise this year let's put it that way Pretty much everything yeah, I saw was everything I saw was pretty much about what I expected. And from what mm-hmm. I've heard is Diablo two was leaked. So they mm-hmm. already kinda knew about that. And Burning Crusade, I kinda already figured. They're just whenever Classic did so well in the beginning, mm-hmm. I just had this hunch. I was just like, I think they're gonna do classic servers of each expansion, you know. Right. At least up to Wrath of the Lich King or maybe Cataclysm. So that's blizzcon line guys we hope you uh enjoyed listening in you Mm -hmm. may you might not get all of it in the audio deal because i'm going to go back and listen uh for any dead spots because some of that you're not going to want to listen to uh right you know certain certain aspects different kind of podcasts from our normal we Mm -hmm. do one like this every once in a while yep but overall it was good uh next week guys we're going to be hitting you with uh, gaming news. We're going to talk about Valheim. Mm-hmm. Right, Ryan? We're, we're talking yeah. about it. We're getting into it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hunter or not, I say. Yeah. 
Hey, if you can't make it next week, that's his own fault. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we're also going to be bringing you the freebie farm because we're going to be going into March. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here in Oklahoma, it's like last week this time, it's negative seven. Now it's 70. You know, yeah. welcome. Well, yeah, I'm hot upstairs. Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> Well, guys, we, we hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. If you did, you can go to Patreon and uh, help us out there if you'd like. Donate. Yes. Um, there are going to be some changes coming to the podcast, but we don't want to um, announce anything just yet because uh, we still need to discuss with Hunter and you know get that stuff together. But we'll, we will let you know on some changes that are coming. Um, anything else, Ryan, that you wanted to mention? Uh, not that I can think of. Uh, I know we've mentioned it numerous times before, but along with the changes that will be coming soon, uh, merch will be one of those things and promotional stuff. Uh, we're going to hook you guys up with some stuff um, just for helping us out being fans, giving reviews, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, yeah, we're definitely excited about some things we're doing. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we got that going on and, We just hope you guys have a great week. So with that Mm -hmm. said, stay delirious, stay dadding, and stay gaming. This has been a Delirious Dads production. For more information about the show, visit our website at www.deliriousdadsgaming.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash deliriousdadsgaming, twitch.tv, and YouTube. Make sure you like and share our pages to help us grow the channel. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please leave a rating and review if you enjoy the show. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you next time.